everybody. Welcome to the ANN After Show. It's me, Lindsay Leverage, Anime News Network, and James Beckett is with me. He's uh, Attack on Titan free, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been watching other for anime. Now. <laughs> for now, right? What, so, we, what, what other anime? It's not like we've been watching dozens of premieres over the last seven or so days. <laughs> we are in the final throes, the death knell of spring 2022 preview guide. If you haven't been reading that, that's over at Anime News Network, and it's got reviews of all of the spring premieres that are currently available um, James is one of the five reviewers that are working on that, along with Nicholas Dupree, Richard Eisenbeis, Caitlin Moore, and Rebecca Silverman. And you, that's five people, right? And screw that up, did I? You're going to pull it up. I, say, I, I have it up here, actually. Um, that, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Should yeah, I think right. I got everybody. Pretty sure I got everybody. All right. Yeah. Yay, Yay me. Um, so, yeah, we've got that up there. I think at this point, there's probably over 30 shows up there now for sure right when we did the trailer watch party it was like 45 shows although two of the ones i really wanted to watch are still stuck in um i guess we're calling it disney jail now uh, I, i've been calling it the disney gulag <laughs> disney gulag yeah we're um, at 37 on the preview guide 37 on the preview guide and we've only got uh sentence of the bookworm season three will probably go up uh late tonight and a couple premieres tomorrow but yeah summertime rendering i really want to watch that and currently you cannot legally watch that anywhere in english um if you're in japan you can watch it you know no subtitles um there on disney plus but it's not available for streaming here yet don't know how that's gonna pan out but i really want to watch that show so since we haven't we don't have a one show yet entirely decided upon i mean leaning heavily towards the the comedy of the season uh spy family so you might be hearing more about that on this uh podcast it's a comedy heavy season in general there's just a lot of rom-coms a lot of sports comedies there's really not a whole lot in the way of like big action spectacle right yeah i think if you want that the closest thing to that is probably one of the fantasy shows like shield hero or something is gonna be the ones that have you know, closest thing to action, but otherwise it's, it's pretty down to earth uh, this season, which is fine, which means I've got like five shows I'm watching with my husband. Cause that's the kind of stuff he likes, you know, um, just these, all these really cute rom-coms. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of our favorite premieres that we've watched so far. Um, some of them we've both seen, some of them maybe James is, has only watched. He's going to try and convince me on it. Um, but before we get to the premieres, we have, a, we have some news and I want to talk a little bit about a movie that I went and saw and, Hey, if we have time, maybe James can talk about a movie he went and saw. They're not the same movie. But before it's we get to that... this game, letting me talk about that movie, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the trailers for it. It's high on my list, but I had to I had to take my 12-year-old to see the Go Fast movie first. So that's the one that I've seen. Yeah, uh, this before... uh, the other movie is not a 12-year-old movie in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it, you know, by the trailer would have I wouldn't have known that. I kind of would have thought that, oh, this is, you know, an action uh, multiverse flick that I could, maybe I can take my mom to see it, though. I bet my mom would like it. No? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to find out all kinds of things about this movie then. It depends on how open your mom is to jokes about butt plugs. Oh, my mom's fine with that kind of stuff. She's Okay, then um, yeah, probably fine. I've I've got a a pretty chill mom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's weird weird as hell, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, I want to remind everybody that um, this live stream, if you're watching us live on YouTube, it also is a podcast and you can stream us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're part of the Believe Network. I think it's just pronounced Believe, but I've been internally saying it Believe this whole time. We'll cut this from the audio version. Um, (laughs) But yes, we're live on YouTube. (laughs) They'll never know. (laughs) Uh, By 6 p.m., uh, Pacific 9 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. So make sure to be here if you want to chat with us live. Otherwise, you can catch us on Tuesdays in the audio-only version on those on those platforms. So make sure to give us a like, subscribe, and a share so that your friends can also join in on all the fun that we're having over here. So also, Jackie, if you may have noticed, she's not here. She is still in Iceland. She's uh, hosting the Valorant Masters, I think, over there. Um that has so, to be intense, right? I, I tried playing that game for like a week and oh my God, it was too intense for me. So I, I can only imagine that like pro level is just a 
Oh, it's got to be insane. Like, I play a lot of, like, point-and-click adventure stuff. I just finished Norco, like, today, before we did this. And it is an amazing game. I recommend anyone who's into dystopian fiction. Specifically, this one's set in Louisiana. Um, So it's got a lot of, like, Cajun flair going on there. But it's just really well written. If you're a fan of, like, uh, Disco Elysium, um, it's got similar vibes to that. Not maybe as hugely expansive as that game, but um, really cool narrative. You know, there's weird pseudo-Christian cults in a shopping mall and all this other kind of like strange stuff going on. Sentient AI things. Uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but yeah, Norco is on Steam. But if you've got Game Pass, it's free. So that's how I just recently played it. Yeah. So, all right, then let's, yeah, let's talk about movies a little bit before we get into the news. Um, I went and saw Sonic 2. I was about to call it Sonic Adventure 2, and then my son would have made fun of me because I'm always messing up the those dang video game names, and he thinks that's hilarious. I've, like, turned into my mom where everything's a Nintendo. Everything's a Game Boy. <laughs> everything's a Game Boy. Everything's a Nintendo. So, yeah, I went and saw Sonic 2. A great movie. Fun uh, there were a lot of kids there when I was there, which was nice to see that it's, you know, branching both the longtime fans and, you know, the, the new fans found out new things about my son that I didn't know. Like the fact that he knows like all the Sonic lore. Um, we still yeah, have I feel like that's a thing just in general where, <laughs> yeah. you know, these kids are like hooked up to like the internet all the time now. And they're just like downloading wikis constantly. Yes. You know, I'm yes, talking to my he... students sometimes and like, oh yeah, I've, uh, I know literally everything about every Five Nights at Freddy's character that's ever existed. Including that, all yeah, the he went through that movies. stage too. He went through that <laughs> stage wow, okay. too. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a little too young. I was like, you haven't played any of these games because you're too young to play Five Nights at Freddy's. But apparently, like, it was the same when, like, Hello Neighbor, like, took off. And he was really involved in, like, watching the YouTube videos of, like, the new um, behind-the-scenes makes of that game before it was even live. And so okay. I... Knew way too much about Hello Neighbor, even though it wasn't even a fully finished game yet. And we have a Dreamcast at my parents' house. I mean, we've had it since, you know, my brother and I were kids and it still has a Sonic Adventure game. So he's played those at his grandparents. And then I guess for any of the games he hasn't played, he's just read the wikis for. So we're like driving home and we're talking about the, you know, the the movie we just watched and how they introduced uh, Gun which is ridiculous acronym, but the American military would definitely create a whole like branch with the acronym for gun. That's like yeah. the most stupid American thing ever. <laughs> so like, I didn't even you remember that. The, you got to reserve the, the, the web address. You need yeah. to get all of those. You need to get all that marketing ducks in. Exactly. Room, so yeah, exactly. So I didn't even remember that aspect of it like i barely remember most of the plot points from sonic adventure 2 right but um apparently that plays into sonic adventure 2 and the introduction of shadow and all of that kind of stuff so we're we're driving and i'm telling you know jim carrey said he's gonna retire after this movie like he might not be returning if they do more movies end of an era end of an era i know um i can't believe he's going out on robotnik like it's not a bad role to go out on it's just i'm surprised it's better than some of his more recent roles like it's good it wasn't like dumb and dumber too yeah oh god was he in that like i didn't even see that um so i'm talking about how you know he's gonna retire and will they be able to do the plot for for the next i guess giant spoiler there's a credit like stop listening here if you don't want to know about the after credit scenes of sonic and i'll you know but there's an after credit scene with Shadow the Hedgehog. Okay. Okay. Now you can listen again, I suppose. But yeah, I'll put some kind of warning again in the audio version to skip the 10 seconds where I tell you that. So I'm like, how are they going to do that plot without Robotnik? And then my son just sort of like breaks into this whole thing. He's like, well, I mean, Shadow came from Dr. Robotnik's grandfather's lab, Gerald Robotnik. I'm like, you know, he's you know, you're on like a first name basis with Wait, Robotnik's Gerald Robotnik. Is that grand- real? Is that a real? Yes, name? yes. It's the it's his grandpa or whatever, and he's the one who made Shadow. And then all I remember is they go to space. Okay, I know they go to space, and I think when the Hedgehog kisses a human girl, and that's kind of weird. Like I remember that being a thing. Anyway, wasn't that, but, that was um, like Sonic 06, right? That like really bad Xbox one where he like rescues a princess, and it's like that's a different game. 
Okay. I'm talking about Maria. I think her name's Maria. She's from Sonic Adventure too. So. Oh, Sonic's just okay. All right. The only girlfriend I well, I guess I've known two. Is Amy? Is Amy, Amy his girlfriend? Okay. So I I've think Amy, Amy thinks Amy thinks she's his girlfriend at the very right, least. right, right, right. right. Um, right. But I, I the, the Sonic I'm actually the most familiar with because I never owned a Sega Genesis. Um, right, me that neither. Was every so slightly before my time, um, I had a Super Nintendo like right when the Super Nintendo was ending, and then I had a PlayStation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I loved the Archie comics. Those, okay. Like, the long running Archie comics. So yeah, you know, I know like Sally Acorn and the Freedom Fighters and mm -hmm. kind of like that whole that that yeah. version of the Sonic mythos. But the adventure yeah. stuff, I'm not super familiar with. I watched uh, that cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, never got to see like all the episodes in order, but it was on in the same programming block as Sailor Moon at one point. So I would watch both because they would yeah because they they went together. Um, yeah, but I mean, okay. So other than than finding out my son knows everything about Sonic. Uh, the movie's really good. I uh, they they've got the deep cuts in there, like Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, um, that kind of stuff is all. You know, Knuckles is great. Idris Elba's great, great Knuckles. I'm glad they got um, Pauline back for Tails. Um, there's some moments in it that are kind of cheesy, but it, you know they're cheesy for adults, but kids will think they're funny. Yeah. You know, there's I'm assuming someone farts at some point and it's there's a fart joke. Yeah, there's always a fart joke. And I think the trailers leading up to it, there were like two or three different trailers that also had fart jokes in them. And I'm just like, right. you know, whatever works, guys, I guess. Right. Do they so, eat chili dogs? Is that they do. Yes. Good. Okay. There are chili okay. dogs in it. That's one of the few things from like the Saturday morning cartoon that I think still like crosses over Sonic's love for chili dogs. Um, the ending animation is just as good as it was in the first one. I really like that. And um, I also thought they did the lore pretty well. And there's a cute, like, human side story that brings back, um, oh, God, who's the guy? James from... Marsden? No, Criminal Minds. Who's the uh... He's He's only in this movie. Oh, okay. He plays... He's new. Yeah, he's new, and he's, like, the fiancé of... The main guy and his wife, her sister. Remember, is her, he like, like really? Is he like the forensics guy from Criminal Minds? Not forensics, like the nerdy guy. No, no, not Matthew Gruber, Greg Gruber. Um, it's the black guy, Shamar Moore. Oh, okay. Is in it. It's always nice to see him. He's beautiful. So he, you know, he's in there as well for a bit. I noticed so lots got... of people of color in the cast. That's really cool. I dig yes. That. Yeah, it is actually. That. Yeah. Um, I mean. Jim Carrey's white, and then I can't even remember the guy who plays the police officer. But That's James that? Marsden, I think. Oh, Cyclops James Marsden. From X-Men. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is he really? It didn't even click to me that that was them. But yeah, so both... Um, otherwise, everyone else is, yeah, um, not white, which is which is cool. Um, but also, like, the, the human side of it is, I feel, reduced quite a bit. Because, you know, the first movie was kind of like a road trip movie, buddy road trip movie. This one's not so much. It is definitely more like Knuckles, Tails, Sonic, and sure. then Dr. Eggman. But That's how it should be. Yeah. And then the humans are more like the, the comedy relief this time yeah, around. I dig that. There's a dance-off. You know, lots, lots of, yeah. And lots of different stuff that they brought in from the games that it was fun to see, like a hidden temple in the ocean and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, that, that movie's doing gangbusters at the box office right now. I mean, like um, 80 million so far? Like It's, like it's on money. track to be, like, the number one video game movie ever at this point. So, I wonder know, what it's yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, like, Mortal Kombat, like, the original Mortal Kombat must be up there. Um, oh, I'd have to look. I was, yeah, I'm just wondering what the competition would be. That's one of those movies where I'm kind of scared to revisit it original Mortal Kombat because I watched the movie a lot as a kid. Oh me a too. Lot. It doesn't hold up at all, but it's still, <laughs> oh, okay. it's still a lot of fun. So, it's like so hot trash it's hot trash, but it's good hot trash. Like it's yeah. Yeah. It's like eating like a super greasy dale of like hamburger that you stowed away in the fridge and you're like, this is gonna hurt me, but yeah. I'm still gonna eat it. And I'm only oh, gonna feel if a I brought up Resident Evil. I feel like the first Resident Evil probably had to do pretty well and I'm sure one of those Tomb Raider movies was okay, right? Oh, yeah. The first Tomb Raider movie was watchable. The second one was awful. But the first uh -huh. one. Oh, and then they made that new Tomb Raider movie. I don't think that made much money, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting a So, sequel, James, so. you went and saw, is it called, it's Everything All at Once, or am I missing a word in there? Uh, everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Everything, Everywhere, by, All at Once. By Daniels, the two directors that made um, Swiss Army Man. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. And it go. is uh, genuinely, and I've been, I've been thinking about it. I need to go back and see it again. Obviously, recency bias yeah. is a thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I cannot remember the last time a movie made me so happy in so many ways, except, and Lindsay, you're going to understand how big of a comparison this is. Yeah, this is like yeah. Paddington 2 levels of good. Oh. I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> like, yeah. um, it is the most creative and wild and bonkers, um, emotionally powerful, just, it is an experience. Yeah. And yeah, I can I cannot recommend it enough. Like it is like total instant classic. Instant that classic. one's starring Michelle Yeoh, right? Yeah. And she yeah. she gets to kick all sorts of ass in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good action set pieces in it, right? Like I can yeah. tell that from the trailer. Yeah, like, um, was it uh oh and I want to make sure I get his name right because um I was reading about how people not getting his name is at uh, Hui Kwan. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the actor. Um, most people know him from. Um, he was short round in Indiana Jones. And oh, Batman okay. Doom. Yes, but he was been a child in that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he retired from acting for like twenty years because yeah. there were no good roles for Asian Americans, and mm -hmm. he just was disillusioned. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians comes out, kind of re reinvigorates him. This is the first movie that he made coming back, and he is so good. Uh, I yeah. cried like three times. And oh, pretty much man. every time was because of how good he was and how just emotive and and endearing and sweet and cool. Um, he yeah. gets to play like every facet of the spectrum. He's like, you know, he's like a hot, mysterious, you know, millionaire in one scene, and he's like the the doofiest fanny pack wearing dad in another it's scene. It's about encountering your other self in different multiverses, right? Like, yeah, so, I mean, so seeing characters play yeah. different versions of themselves. Right? Yeah, so basic premise is that um, uh, Michelle Yeoh is a, uh, uh, she's a Chinese mother that works at a laundromat. Um, she's mm -hmm. worked there for like 30 years. Um, she's feeling very dissatisfied with her life. Her relationship with her husband is on the rocks. Her relationship with her uh, lesbian daughter is on the rocks. Her relationship with her very judgmental and not very supportive father is on the rocks. And she just does not feel... Um, satisfied or like her life is gone in the way that she wanted it to and one day um, her very uh, goofy um, sweet kind of naive husband um, becomes a completely different person and starts like doing martial arts loops and kicks and, and basically <laughs> okay. says um, I come from a universe where we've discovered ways to basically hop into different versions of ourselves like consciously like to swap oh okay okay and there's a, a multiversal threat that is going to destroy reality as we know it. And you are the only version of yourself that can potentially save the multiverse. Um, okay. And so he teaches her how to basically swap in and out of different universes and absorb their abilities. So for instance, in order to learn Kung Fu, she hops into a universe where um, one of the choices she made as, as a young person led her to studying martial arts and becoming a famous martial arts Hollywood star. Oh, ho, ho. Oh. Um, <laughs> and so then I'll, then, then she knows martial arts and, and she can fight them. Um, she okay, can fight cool. Jamie Lee Curtis and others. So Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it too? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. this was like, I saw the trailer for that. I don't remember what I was seeing when they showed a trailer for it. Um, I feel like it was another A24 film or something like that. And there was that studio, that studio is they're just reveling in yeah. in their success right now. They have they have so many like they're they're kind of like building this identity as like the last bastion of like art cinema for like yeah. wide releases and yeah, because they had another movie that I saw the trailer for at the same time, and that was um all I remember was about a, a family in an apartment. I think over Thanksgiving or something like that, but it's actually supposed to be kind of creepy. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I have to. I'll have to look it up. But I know that there, you know, there's that new horror movie Men that looks like super scary and cool. Oh um, well, if that plays like during the uh, the screening for that, I haven't seen it yet. So now I have one to look up. But ooh, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's by Alex Garland. He did Annihilation and Ex Machina. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I will say, relevant to the podcast, because there is at least one universe wherein 
they are all animated. And so, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and so technically anime. Um, it counts. We're going to go ahead and say it counts. Yeah. yeah but so no, it uh, is, if you like movies and you're willing to, 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 to go on the incredibly weird journey this movie wants to take you on, um, I think it is, I cannot imagine how any other movie is going to, to top it for me this year. Yeah. It's always wow. possible, but I, it, hard to believe. We do have six months left, but I mean, yeah. I'll be checking in with you on the at the end of the year and see where it still stands with you. So that's Lindsay and James's live action movie recommendations for the week. Um, we're going to talk about the news a little bit. Uh, one of them is I'm back on on my dub talk. So we talked about this a little bit. Talking last dubs time. on dub talk. <laughs> Talking dubs on dub talk. Um, we talked about this a little bit last time about how dub actors for anime are looking uh, to unionize at this point. There's a unionization effort because of how dismal the pay is for for them on these projects, whether it's a movie in theaters or a 24-episode TV series. Um, it's just lowest of the low compared to similar work in completely in like video games, commercials, things like that. They all pay better than anime. Um, now there's some discourse going on on social media. Um, a bit of this hasn't been directly verified yet. I'm hoping we'll actually have a, a larger piece out relatively soon to answer some of these questions, but it's looking like that uh, remote work is being phased out in favor of returning to the studio. Now, some people might say, well, duh, Lindsay, because COVID, you know, everything's opening back up again. So we don't need to do remote work anymore. And which I say, you are an idiot. Uh, we need to keep doing remote work. And the primary reason for that is because it opens up the talent pool. We have a larger feature about this. We published it several months back about how dubs were made during COVID and the different processes that that went on to um keep getting simul dubs and, and whatnot out when people couldn't go into the studio. But a bonus to that was that it also opened up the talent pool to people who aren't based in Texas or Los Angeles or New York, which is where a lot of those dubs come out of. There's some also in Canada, but primarily we're getting them from those three places. But hey, what if you've got like a show where there's a British character and instead of trying to get someone to phone in their British accent, you could actually get someone Someone remotely from the UK UK to just do that for you. And yes, there, there are some hurdles when it comes to the audio engineering part of that, when you've got audio sources coming from a bunch of different environments and you're trying to make them all sound like the same one, but at least one audio engineer who's, who's chimed in on, on this discussion has said that it's worth, the effort. Um, so quite a few voice actors are talking about this. Um, the ones that aren't based in those areas are wondering whether they're going to even be able to continue to get work because they're not wanting to move to Los Angeles or Texas or or New York. Um, I hope that remote work uh, keeps happening. I understand that, you know, they've got a new office, the funny Crunchyroll merger, they've got um, new recording studio and they want to use it. But uh, keeping this in line with some of the anti-unionization efforts that come from hiring out of Texas in the first place, things like that, uh, doesn't look too good right now. People are already kind of peeved about how bad their pay is. And now uh, taking away this option from them as well is, I don't know. I feel like this is all coming to a boiling point, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I, I don't really see this just sort of fading away and people just like putting up and shutting up so they can continue to get roles. Like, I think people are fed up. Yeah, know. well, I mean, that's the running theme of the whole last couple of years, right? Is you know, I've, I've been I've been saying it for months that the 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 biggest I think disruption that this whole pandemic brought, other than the obvious you know uh, health implications that a lot of people suffered through, but was yeah. just the disruption of the status quo, and the fact that I mean, I work a, as a as a teacher as well as a writer, and and I've seen firsthand, and you know. Um, you can ask anyone that's that's worked in education over the last two years. Um, a lot of schools and a lot of teachers, you know, we had to basically learn 20 years worth of of technology and culture adaptation in two because yeah. schools are notoriously slow to change, even though the world is only getting faster. And over the past couple of years, a lot of people realized that, oh, wait, 
things don't have to be the way they've always been. We live in 2022. We can yeah. actually, you know, we don't, one of the biggest frustrations for any potential creative is the fact that if you want to be in the industry, you basically have to live on either of the coasts, which are the two most expensive places to live in the country. Right. Um, and and you're, you're competing with, you know, whoever knows how many uh, other people in the same area for the same gigs. And it's, I, I, I can empathize so much with all of those people that are realizing, wait, you mean I can, I can live where I want and still do the job that I want to because we have the technology and the means to do so. And then and not have a huge yeah. overhead cost just to, just yeah. to live there for sure. Well, I that's was the looking... thing that the companies are probably, like, that's, that's something that doesn't make sense to me is, I mean, obviously you want to make sure that your, your rates are, are fair and are, are, um, you know, equitable across the board, but at the same time, why would you want to have to pay people that only live in California? Their cost of living is like twice as much as in some of these states. Like, I mean, yeah, I was looking at rent for San Francisco, which is the highest. Like it, it costs more to live there than Manhattan currently. So it's it's one of the most expensive places to live. And I was looking at it because, you know, I was in the middle of dunking on IGN for their rates at, at the time. And they're based in San Francisco. And I was like, how much does it cost to live in San Francisco? I know it's notoriously high. It is like $3,500 for a one-bedroom apartment per month. It is legitimately insane. And the fact that you're, that you're going to say, oh, we'll pay that cost of living because we only want to work in person with people living in this one, you know, hundred miles for a radius or whatever. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't make and sense. That's the thing is that they're, they're not going to pay that cost of living. You get like a flat rate for time. You're not getting, yeah, a salary or a cost of living adjustment or, or benefits or any of those other sort of things. It's just like per hour. And we only need you for two hours to record this movie. So that's why you get 600 bucks. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's designing what should be, skilled career work as like side gigs and yeah. as you know you and i working in a writing capacity writing is, is treated the same way oh can't you just bang out like 400 words they'll pay you like 30 bucks for it can you just like do that just read these things and then you know make sure that you've got but you need to know like ap style and you need to have a good sense of grammar and you need to be able to craft a headline that will get people to click on this and also in include key phrases and link outs so that you know, you're maximizing traffic and and making sure that they could stay on the site for longer for our ad revenue. But yeah, 30 bucks. No. It's like, no, <laughs> no. That's that's yeah. like a dinner. <laughs> well, yeah. Cool. Oh, I mean, with inflation right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, if you're, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's maybe like, like for a couple of sides. Yeah, yeah. It's like dinner for it's like dinner for one. I I took my kids out to a burger place just three of us my husband was at work and we got i mean it wasn't like mcdonald's but we got you know a kids burger which came with fries and a and a juice and then my son got a regular burger that came with fries i got a burger with fries and then our soft drinks were extra it was like 50 dollars. yeah but just for my just for my wife and i i've been getting i've, I've been we've been trying to eat a little healthier we've been getting those pre-portioned um those meal boxes Right. And we, didn't, we, we never wanted to do this before. There's like Home Chef because, you know, it's like 20 something dollars just for like a, you know, there's no leftovers. It's perfectly proportioned. Right. Um, but it's gotten to the point where making a meal or even going out to eat is just as, if not more expensive than buying the overpriced, you know, meal kit boxes. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on a voice actor's salary. Especially on a voice actor salary, for sure. Um, kind of related to this, I was looking at uh, some tweets online about the Crunchyroll wages. And one show that is premiering today, um, and the dub, they are planning to make a dub of it, although we don't know when the dub's set to air, is Ascendance of a Bookworm. And one thing I everyone should probably keep their eye on, I suppose, is whether the lead voice actress for the dub will be coming back or not. Um, she made a statement on Twitter about last month saying that unless the wages were improved, she would not be working for Crunchyroll anymore. So if you see a recast announcement for that, you know why. And if we don't, well, I hope it's because she got a raise. I mean, she's not obligated to come back. So no. anyway, that's just, yeah, that's how, that's kind of how things are, are hedging out right now. So it's just something to kind of keep an eye on, see where it goes. 
But that's about all I have for the news this week. So let's dive into those premieres, James. I um, I haven't watched all of them, although I've read everyone's reviews for all of them. Um, I have watched a, a heaping handful of them, and you've watched all of them except for sequels that you haven't seen. So I thought I think we there's, talk- there's maybe like one or two that I ended up m- missing out on, but I've I've seen like ninety percent of them. Yeah, so I thought we could kind of break down the the best of the best ones we've seen. Yeah. Um, and if I haven't seen it, maybe you can you can convince me. So I'm kind of wondering where we should should we just start with the most obvious one, the fan favorite, uh, Spy Family. Uh, don't don't you mean um, Spy X Family? Isn't that the the X's are always <laughs> silent in these, aren't they? I, no, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are. But there's at the another same time, spy by family. I, I spy like by spy family. times family. <laughs> spy times family. Um, no, yeah, spy family. That's that's the huge. Um, that's kind of the blockbuster, I would say, of this season. Um, at least yeah. as far as the non sequels go. Um, huge production. Um, they're obviously. Um, this is. Uh, I think it's Wit and Cloverworks. Together, so it's another Cloverworks that- co-production. I hope it balances it. it yeah. Out, you know? like, <laughs> I was going to say, I've always got some trepidation when Cloverworks is involved. Um, they've had management issues in the past. So you never really know what you're going to get. But this this was a delight and enough that I started reading the manga on the Shonen Jump app immediately after the first episode because I didn't want to wait yeah. for the next episode next week. I'm like, I'm just reading this manga now and watching the anime too. Um the character we got on screen right now is Anya, who, at least at this point, seems to carry the show on oh, her she's small the secret little open back. She yeah. is the secret weapon. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar or you haven't listened to our previous podcast where we were talking about the premieres, like the, the trailer watch party, Anya here is a telepath. So she's a six-year-old. I actually am not entirely convinced that she's six. After reading the manga, I think she's lying about her age. I do. Yeah. Um, but she claims to be six, even though she's very small for a six-year-old and definitely doesn't have the vocab you'd expect from, from a typical six-year-old. But she is a telepath, and she gets adopted by a guy who needs her as a cover to potentially assassinate, not assassinate, but foil the plot of this politician this takes place in like not east west germany but definitely is east west germany so there's a reclusive guy and the um the dad who adopts her twilight that's his spy name um needs her as a cover and he's trying to keep his spy identity from her but she knows he's a spy because she can read his mind so that's shenanigans Shenanigans ensue. She likes peanuts. That's also important. Yeah, she does. And she wants a she wants a gun with a silencer. <laughs> and she likes peanuts. And she yes. does not want to be abandoned to an orphanage again. No. Which all fair. All good all goals. All fair. All good goals. Yeah. I really just like her her little gremlin energy. I mean, she's well known from the manga because she's got good faces. So hopefully we're gonna see more of her ridiculous face, like meme faces. Both here and all over the internet. Yeah. So that one I just like that she was written. She was written like an actual kid. Like she didn't feel like a grown woman putting on a cutesy poo voice like other That's anime true, yeah. that I could name from this season. <laughs> it's she actually is just like a kid. Um, yeah. Happens to have mind reading powers and it's adorable. She has, yeah, and she has, she uses kid logic a lot too. Like there haven't been any points where I was like a six year old thought of that or yeah. I thought she was acting wildly like. Uh, older than than she was like there's a part where she reads um twilight's mind and he's thinking about how he needs to be prepared for any potential attack so she freaks out and hides inside of a a trifold um advertisement for a cafe and just like hides in there and he's like what are you doing and she's like hiding but yeah um yeah she wins you over pretty much immediately big big recommend it was one of the most popular premieres so far this season which really isn't surprising I mean, it would have to greatly let down everyone, I think, for for it not to uh, work. And I think it's so worth that, mentioning that the the action is also really good. Like, yes. when it puts on its spy movie hat, it actually does mm-hmm. a good job. It's not just a slice of life comedy. Like, it actually has some some decent kind of spy movie chops. And once we get the the third character of the the trio in, who's um, I forget her name, but she's your uh, the wife. 
Yeah, yeah. Once we yeah. get her, and I'm excited to see what they do with that too. Yeah, yeah. She's got a great design and stuff too. So he ends up picking up a wife that ends up being a hitman, but he doesn't know she's a hitman. She doesn't know he's a spy. Neither of them know their daughter's a telepath. Daughter that's a telepath knows everything. So the brilliant um, setup, to be honest, it's like a yeah. As far as elevator pitches go, I was reading that it, um, when the author went to go pitch the manga, um, they basically like had. They basically had this series ordered before he even like wrote like a pilot chapter. Like just on the pitch, they were like, Oh yeah. Wow, like, yes. really? <laughs> Make this right that. now. Like, please, this is yeah. great. So I think uh the one other show that is a close second for most anticipated, uh, let me there we go, is probably Kaguya-sama, which I've watched both the previous seasons for this. Yeah. So this is definitely one that I wanted to make sure to tune in to again once it returned. And the show is just so funny. It's got like perfect comedic timing and it does the subtle like in jokes too, where like you're rewarded for having paid attention mm -hmm. all this time, but also does like weird deep cuts, nerd deep cuts, because it manages to stay relevant for like what's currently going on. Like in the first yeah. episode of this one, um, oh God, I'm going to sound bad because I can't remember What's the what's the what's the nerdy dude's name? The antisocial one. Oh, I would I forget everyone's name except okay. for, for the main duo. Okay, yeah. Well anyway. I think, I think of him as emo boy. Yeah, the emo boy. There's a like a brief cutaway where I think it's just in between skits where they show him his face looking like really disappointed. Um, because he tried to explain that Discord is a good alternative to the line app and no one yeah. knew what he was talking about because I don't know. I mean, I think I thought I think Discord is pretty commonly. You know what? That's probably just me taking. I hang out with nerds all the time. I bet Discord, you if I walk, Discord is huge with 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 all of my students. Um, as okay. Far as, as far as I know, it's like their primary so like communication app at this point. I, I've lost yeah. kind of the number of times where people be like, "Oh, I was on my Discord the other day." So yeah. At least yeah. as far as the youths in the Midwest are concerned, yeah. It's, it's my my kid uses Discord too, but I was thinking if I went older, like if I went to most adults, they might not, unless they're gamers, you know. Yeah. If I just walked into like a mall food court and said, hey, who has Discord? Yeah, and I if they, they were over the age about. of like, yeah, over the age of like 28 or so, they might not know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, anyway, it, it has like, really referential and up-to-date humor that makes it feel current and like these kids are really like going to school now yeah. i think um yeah this is a comedy at like the peak of its powers it's one of those <laughs> shows where you can tell that everyone making it knows how good it is and yeah. so they they just get away with the wildest stuff and it's awesome like they're just yeah. um i think in this episode it was the cut where um uh Wait, who was it? Was it was the class president or was it emo boy? He, it was his face. He was like confronted with the majesty of someone's like arm wrestling strength, and oh. uh, it 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 did that like impact shot, like he was like looking straight into like a industrial strength fan, and the, <laughs> the amount of detail um, yeah. in his in his just skin flaps was hilarious. Um, the, the arm wrestling skit was was pretty good. The the maneuvering around getting left on red was also pretty good. I thought Kagu, yeah, was actually going to lose that time. I really did, but they wouldn't let her lose in the first episode of the new season. Because of, of her rich privilege. Because of her rich privilege. <laughs> yeah, she has someone who screens all of her messages. And just the, the voice acting on the part of the president, like when he was like, thought he had one over on her and then had that taken away from him so quickly. And his voice kind of just went like, oh, <laughs> it was really good. Um, yeah, this show is just really funny. I haven't, I can't think of a, like a flat episode in the last three no. seasons. It's just, Me neither. it's just really good, really good stuff. Um, I'm interested. Now we talked about how there was, there's a lot of rom-coms. Yes. There's like a lot, a lot. And a lot of them are good. Um, one that I feel like the animation's a little iffy on it, but I'm looking I'm enjoying it anyway, is uh, Love After World Domination. Hell which... yes. <laughs> Give um, me my Power Rangers rom-com right now. <laughs> Put it right into my veins, okay? 
Um, the animation's a little, um, it's a little iffy. The, the action scenes are pretty well done. Yeah. Um, it's just not as, it's nowhere near as consistent as like Kaguya-sama is. But mm -hmm. it's just such a, again, it's just a great little premise. The Red Ranger of a Power Rangers team falls in love with the incredibly dorky, you know, um, leader of the, the evil putties. And yeah. They, I love they, the noise they have the to make. That was good, too. I know. Well, and it's like they're the gelato suntai team. So all of yeah. the colors are based off of flavors of gelato. Yeah. And they can really yeah. commit to the bit. Um, you know, it's it's a really cute show. Um, yeah. I think it, it, the jokes aren't as laugh out loud funny. But I think it also kind of understands modern dating in a way. Like, I think the joke in this one that made me laugh the hardest was when... Um, he was t he was talking about all the things he knows about her and like how he knows that she's not super evil and it's because yeah. she's been kind of like light social media stalking her yeah. but he was yeah. like all of those replies from like protein man 100 that was me <laughs> and he, it shows him typing like this is a really nice picture of you like yeah yeah he's really mean, nice think, about it yes he wasn't like none of his comments were like creepy and it was actually i think it was a picture of her dinner or something like because he was talking about how he knows what food she likes and so she had a picture of like spaghetti or something and he commented on like that looks like it that looks really yummy enjoy or something just dorky <laughs> like that and yeah i also like the part where he was like working out like all day and then the doctor approaches him he's like what do you do he's like i'm just thinking about the woman that i love and he's just because he's a meathead and so he's yeah, like he's king himbo he's like himbo personified yeah yeah and then they hold hands but then i think it's the blue ranger or something like comes up and sees them so they immediately go into like a grappling like hand thing to a uh, mask it because they have to keep the relationship secret from both of their respective societies i'm i mean i want to see the cast expanded out a little more because i think there's a lot of opportunity with the other rangers and also maybe some of the the reaper folks i forget mm. gecko is the name of their evil organization i don't know why there's no lizards or anything but it's called gecko um but yeah i kind of want to see that expanded out they've already established that the blue ranger is like a sleaze and the green ranger is like I think the very traditional one, like I think he's shown wearing like a ghee or something like that. He's so. pistachio flavored, which is the best flavor. So mad <laughs> respect to him. He said it's like, the flavor of justice, is yes. I think what he said for okay. pistachio, which is which yeah, it is. Very, that's just true. That's objectively yeah. true. So that's another really good one. One of the things you'll see through all the rom coms this season, and I mean personally, I enjoy it, is that uh the couples are already established. So not only do we have like a lot of rom-coms, but they're rom-coms where- They're actually um, dating. They're already dating. Like we're not waiting for them to like admit their feelings to each other and date. Like they're already dating. The last one they they've already agreed to date. And then in Shikimori, which uh, is one where I was totally sold on the premise, but the timing wasn't quite as good with this one, I think, as far as the joke parts, like, I don't know. I, I really love this premiere. Okay. Um, I, I, I've noticed, a, 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 I think you and Nick both are saying that the timing, and it's definitely, again, not as laugh out loud funny as mm -hmm. um, Kaguya, or even I would say, I don't think it's quite as funny as um, Love After World Domination, but yeah. the, I think this one, the tone of it is what sold me. Okay. Um, and there are a couple of jokes, like I think the joke that I was I was dying was <laughs> when they're bowling, and they're, they're little like short a yellow haired friend just like grabs the ball, like a little like five-year-old just in both hands. And she yes. just, she just waddles up to the lane all slow. She basically just like drops it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just slowly yeah. works down. Like if you've ever been bowling with a child before, I've seen this exact thing happen with a kid where like, they can't get any inertia on that thing. And so you're just like, you're just waiting drinking. for the ball to like, waiting for it to to get to the end but then she, she got a strike didn't she like yeah. it just like perfectly ricocheted all of them in the but then the yeah. main guy he you know he throws it perfectly straight but then right at the last minute it just curves off and he just goes wait how did that even happen it actually took the second one before it was like oh it's because he's cursed because that's the yeah. thing is like her boyfriend is always like extremely unlucky in really mundane scenarios, like almost getting hit by a car or getting He's attacked like by a new destination. Unlucky, like yeah. the universe is trying to kill him. Yeah, I don't know what he did to deserve it, but that's basically the scenario that he's always in. 
And um, so at first with the bowling thing, I didn't, that didn't click for me as being why, because uh, I have definitely bowled. And then for some reason, it just like weird because I put spin on it unintentionally or, or whatever. So I thought that's what it was at first. It was like, oh yeah, that's happened to me before. And then when it happened a second time, I was like, oh, he's unlucky. That just happens to me. But for him, <laughs> maybe you, maybe you're cursed by the universe. Maybe you need to, maybe yours is just specifically a bowling curse. A like, bowling curse. That's fine. Yeah. He got no, all I mean, of them. That's his. That's his. That's his deal. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I like the the dynamic change up on this where she. They haven't told us her, her backstory yet, and I suspect she's got some kind of like delinquent past or something that she's attempting to move away from in order to be like a more typical cute high school girl. But in the end, um, you know, she's not. She is cute, but I mean, she's cool. Right. She's very cool. She's very cool. Like, we'll just, like, flying kick a sign that fell off a building. When that happened, when that building thing almost crushed him, and she's like, are you okay? And everything, they moved on. Like, don't you need to notify someone? Nah. Did that happen? No, this happens enough for, I'm, I'm sure everyone in this town is just like, oh, it's, it's what's his name? It's, we all, there's, like, an, a special insurance clause that they all get. <laughs> or if he for, walks by. Or if he walks by. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i thought this one was cute again like waiting for maybe more about the the rest of the cast but her friends are also what kind of give me the impression that um she's got a, a sketchier history or something that she's and i want to say maybe on. it was rebecca who i think said maybe it was either rebecca or maybe caitlin who said mm -hmm. that um the source material really improves as it goes along I read that in the review, and that's one of the main reasons why I'm I'm making sure to stick it out too. Is just because it gets more meat to it, I think. Um, now, this is one James where I don't think you've watched it. Again, rom com already dating um, and cute. Uh, this one's maybe a little a little hornier, maybe just like a smidge more on the edgy side. This is science fell in love, so I tried to prove it season two and yeah i saw the first episode of last season but i have not caught up yeah it's it's like animated on a dime or something so i mean the animation is is iffy but it's about two college aged folks they're both uh in a science lab they are attracted to each other but because they're dorks they won't like really move on the relationship until they can empirically prove that they're in love with each other. So they're doing all of these kind of convoluted experiments, which are, is essentially like dating scenarios and things like that. But then applying science to like um, get data from it and measure certain things. Like the main, the main thing in the first episode is that they're trying to measure the uh, oxytocin levels in their spit to uh, oh, okay. like, they have like a normal sample and then they do romantic things together and take another sample and then compare the oxytocin levels in their spit and to decide, you know, whether there's proof there or not. And it goes into this whole wacky thing. They go into this. Um, How are they getting funding? Like, what, what, what is the lab work that they're supposed to be doing? <laughs> this is, no, this is like their whole big thesis thing. They've oh, got okay. a professor that, like, oversees their lab. He knows that this is what they're doing and approved of it. Like, that was stuff in the, in the first season. And they've like wrangled some of their other lab folks in there to measure different things. Cause like one of them is an otaku. And so he's really into the, his 2d waifu. And so they've done certain stuff to try and like compare that to, you know, 3d romance. And then they introduced a new couple in the first episode that have been together for four years and their oxytocin levels are really, really high. And you actually learn like a little bit, there's a little bit of education going on in it, but mostly it's just dorky rom-com stuff with like a science bent to it. Yeah. So it's fun. still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. Once again, can't tell you anyone's name. <laughs> it's like I've watched I, two seasons of this. I don't know anyone's name. When you watch as much anime as we do, uh, mm -hmm. I feel like, I, I hope I'm not alone in that a lot of the times, at least for like the first few weeks i basically have to go buy haircuts yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah your spiky blue hair your yeah. moody brown hair 
your yeah. mean yellow hair, your other yeah. mean yellow hair from a different show. <laughs> like that's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the different colored hair and like style designs is really helpful for trying to keep track of these guys. Um, this is what I haven't watched, but you have, and everyone's been talking about how it's really good. So I definitely should watch it soon. Um, it is a sports show, but it's women's golf. Birdie. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what is going on in this show? Because I thought it was going to be, I don't know, somewhere around the Uma Musume wackiness levels or something like that. So it's golf, but there's also orphans and, yeah. um, Back there's a clown. Years. Explain the clown. I've seen screenshots. There's a clown. I don't really. I mean, there's not much to explain. It's just a woman dresses up in like a clown mask to kind of covertly observe her opponent um, and maybe like intimidate. It doesn't really like have any bearing on anything that happens in the plot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just like have we a, seen. Have we seen her without the clown makeup? Yeah. She takes off the mask. She's just oh, like okay. some girl. She's just okay. some lady. Um, I, I thought there was someone who was like always. A clown. No. You know? no, I thought that too. But then it's like, I know who you are under that mask. And she takes off the mask and she looks so mad. And it's like, oh, I guess that was just a thing. I think it's it's strange. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know how to describe this. It's like some people have compared it to, um, gosh, what was that skating anime? Skate? Skate the Infinity? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's quite that. Um, it has more of like an edge to it, but like not not really an edge, but the style that it's going for is more, I almost think of it like, um, it's almost like one of those like 80s kind of sports dramas. Okay. Like um, like that pool like that pool movie with Tom Cruise. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the Color of Money. Is oh, that, I, no, I haven't seen that. Or, it was like Jerry Maguire. Or, or, um, or even like Over the Top with, with Arnold, uh, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. It's like, okay. like the main character um has like the a, sport is the most serious thing to the yeah. point where it's like kind of overdone but in a fun way yeah like she like she and this other woman and her friend who i can't like there's kind of like a there's kind of like a, a kind of flirtatious energy going on between mm -hmm. between her like caddy i don't really know it's yeah. if that's going to be a thing but they're like raising these orphans in like in like kind of the 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 rough part of town and like they're in america i think um, okay because they point out like a Jap, um, one of the characters is super in a gunpla and she talks about how hard it is to get gunpla figures. Oh. But um, they're like raising these orphans, but like they're having to like bribe the cops because they're, they're not actually, they don't actually have the rights to like the bar that they're like squatting in. And so, oh. um, and she's like, basically, she's basically golf hustling where she's taking all these bets to just pay for like each day's meals for these orphan kids because she has like the perfect straight shot. Like she can just oh, straight, okay. even when there's like a tree in the way, she can figure it out. Um, but then she meets a woman, a, a Japanese golfer, who's like going to be her rival. And I don't know, maybe love okay. interest. I don't know. There's some like, there's was some... there a part with a train? I also heard there was a train. Yeah. She yeah. like shoots through a moving train. Like she, she, she hits it just so that it goes through the moving, the moving carts um, with her, her power shot, which is, it's not like quite a superpower. It's not like okay. magic. I don't think. But, I think all the rainbow. But she shot a ball through. through a moving train. Yeah, but she has like an incredibly powerful straight shot, and yeah. it's, that's like her signature move. And she's like that's kind cool. of punk rock. She's kind of scuzzy. So that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Sounds like I still should. Oh, it's a European probably... country. Sorry, they're in a. I yeah. guess that makes sense because of all the golf. But I mean, there's a lot of golf in America. Just they're not there. in Japan. Is the, the yeah. Thing, so. One that's uh, completely different, and I haven't watched it yet because I have to re-up my subscription to High Dive for this, is Executioner and Her Way of Life. Like, everyone seemed like they were really into this one when it first premiered. Oh, yeah. God, it's doing the blinky thing. That was scary. Let's fix that. High Dive has got some of the best shows this season. Like, they're killing it right now. Um, yeah. This is one of them. The show is great. So the idea is that she kills isekai protagonist right hell yeah <laughs> my hero she takes all those potato coons and stabs them in the throat 
<laughs> I shouldn't sound so excited about that, but I am. She's, I mean, she doesn't feel good about it, right? She has some uh, reservations about all the murder that she's tasked with doing. But yeah, it's weighing on her soul and whatever. But she's doing, yeah. she's doing a public service. So because they bring disaster with them, right? Or they're just like so op that they unintentionally cause disaster. Well, yeah, well, it's basically the the whole, you know, the trope where they come to this fantasy world and they have, like, godlike powers, mm-hmm. but they're also freaked out, scared. In the case of the guy that we meet in the, uh, in the first episode, right before she stabs him, because, like, he discovers he has, like, matter negation powers, he can just, like, antimatter things out of existence. And, That's, like, he, yeah, right cool. before she stabs him, she, he starts to, like, be like, oh, finally, people will respect me. Like, they won't be able to laugh at me now. And then she's like, yep, I'm gonna, gonna murder you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. Laugh so hard. The brain. She stabs yeah. him in the brain. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't laugh so hard. It's just that, you know, when you watch as much anime as we do, there's been so many shows. An innumerable amount. I would not even take, I don't want to know how many there are. Like it would take me a while to figure it out, but so many isekai where that is the thing. Like the guy shows up, he gets some sort of cheat skill. Like, God, just go to like novel freaking, or whatever. And type cheat skill the in the RPG menu and yeah. boost his stats or whatever. Yeah. There's so much of that. And it always is like, well, I got this cheat skill and everyone around me is too dumb to know that it's actually good and they think it sucks, but watch out. I'm going to reform this entire civilization so that they give me the respect I deserve. And so the idea that someone just shows up and like stabs them before that and, is and, and the, darkly the funny to me. And the slaves and that they oh, right. The yeah, slaves. there's also... <laughs> We're going to reform society except for the slavery. We're going to keep that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do those ones always get made into anime, James? There's got to be a light novel where they just abolish the slavery, right? Where they free all the beast girls or... I mean, that's kind of fruit of evolution, I guess. Oh, no. (laughs) Are we going to talk about Abraham Lincoln again? Every week. Every week we have to talk about it. Anytime. Talk about Ghost Abraham Lincoln. But no, that show is great. It has good animation. Um, The main character is really interesting. Like you said, she has a very interesting conflict where... She obviously doesn't want to be like a murderer, but these freaking Japanese kids keep coming to her dimension and killing everybody with their with their god powers. And so, like, yeah, you know, like you see a flashback to like her whole like town got turned into salt monsters because some Japanese girl didn't know how to use her magic right, and her you know her whole world got destroyed. Oh, jeez! Um, so you get it, you know. You get why she's why she yeah, feels why, the way she why, yeah why why the, why the system is there. We've only got a few more minutes, so I'll just bring up one show, one last show really quick. Uh, This is the one with the uh, erotic foreheads. Oh, no. All right, James. This is Uh, by your Takagi-san. You love Takagi-san. This is by the maker Takagi-san, so tell me about the Ninja Girls and their belly buttons. paw curls. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so this is a, it's a, a Kunoichi's, is it Sabaki? Is that her name? I forgot her name. Forehead yeah. girl. Um, yeah. yeah, Kunoichi Sabaki. So the whole, um, and I've been told that in manga form, uh, yeah, that we've got the, the five heads with the, the kind of ninja clothes, but I've been told that the manga is not as kind of obsessive with the main gimmick of this premiere and that it doesn't necessarily frame their... Uh, their bodies in, in such kind of a weirdly leery uh, it's that and that's it's not it's not as overtly leery as a lot of the shows we've seen you know yeah. like we, um it's not like that one um the sequel to grimoire of the zero where we're, we're literally like crash zooming into like girls crashes it's not oh, that, that dawn of the witch that's happening in yeah. dawn of the witch oh. yeah I, I wouldn't say it's as overt as dawn of the witch but you do just notice that all of these like 12 year old looking girls with giant foreheads um, have like super exposed backs and midriffs and feet. And um, oh, the feet, <laughs> the yeah, feet, and James, the I feet. Don't get, but basically, the premise is that it's a clan of ninja girls that live in like the forest and um, the hate men. The you know, it's it's basically Themyscira, they're they're it's Wonder Woman, but with 
ninja preteens. And um, the main girl is like the star ninja girl of the clan. Um, And so she's supposed to make sure that no one ever meets a man or sees a man or knows what a man is. But um, I'll tell you a secret. Um, She really, she really wants to see a a man. Um, And she thinks about them all the time. Um, Her cheeks get all flushed, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can all interpret what that means. Yeah. And every time the word man is even brought up in conversation, you know, her kunai get her kunai start flying off in all directions and her <laughs> her her jutsu starts malfunctioning. Um, <laughs> that's really it. Like that's the joke. That's the that's whole the show. show. That's it. Genuinely, that's it. She wants she wants to see man's, but she can't <laughs> see man's. And there are all these other ninja girls who also kind of want to see man's, but they also can't see man's. Um, I'm really impressed actually that this show wasn't or the manga wasn't written so that the main character is actually the man's who accidentally comes across their village and then you know gets his weird harem or something like as far as I can tell I don't know if a man ever shows up I think it's it's just gonna be this the whole time how can you do that like I feel like if you want to insert natural like drama and romantic comedy hijinks there has to eventually be a man for them to get curious about yeah to do the like the first act of wonder woman when steve rogers or steve trevor sorry when steve trevor comes and wonder woman's like oh look at you you're hot um again she's an adult (laughs) and so that's fine yeah Um, it's a lot weirder when they're 12 yeah um and like one of her friends is like super possessive and she's kind of the like the possessive lesbian stereotype. She's always like groping on her not groping, but uh, she's always clinging clinging onto the main girl and Yeah, know. yeah. It is so about as like... bad as Takagi san is good. Let me just say that. Oh, it was very so... disappointing. Yeah. So do they just like kidnap babies or what? Like... I guess they have to, presumably. Right. Or I no. don't know. They I don't want no to think about what no else one's... they do to get to get kids like wow that's the only way because right. they're all children that's the yeah. thing it's there's like no like adult family. lady ninja teachers or there's anything one one maybe more there's there's maybe like a few there's one that we see that gets lines there's maybe like a few teachers in the background and stuff but it's like 85 percent you know K- i think they should do this K-3. plot twist the man who shows up is gay, fingers crossed. I mean, that'd be funny, I guess, yeah. but I don't know. Like, then what would you do? I don't know. I, <laughs> we already have no idea how this show is going to exist week to week then. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's just a small sampling of the large number of shows that premiered the season. Uh, folks brought up uh, Ya Boy Kong Ming as well, which is another one on High Dive I need to check out because that OP is good. Like, it is like... yeah. Really good. Like the song for that is great, and the animation in the opening for that is great. I really need to up my high dive subscription so I can watch that one too. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out all the shows, head over to Preview Guide. It'll be wrapping up this week on Anime News Network, and then the poll for the review assignments will go up on Wednesday, and we should have the announcement for which shows are going to be covered and by who for Friday. So look forward to that um i would say like don't troll the poll but there really isn't any troll picks this no. season to be honest like someone might get a mediocre fantasy show but that's like the worst of it right like there's nothing no there's like nothing i wouldn't like, say there's anything that's like awful um yeah there's, just there's a bunch of comedies that are very funny but yeah please don't assign people comedies that aren't very funny they suck to write about Actually, I mean, I mean, you can vote for them, I guess, if you think they're funny, but if they're not funny, that's like, to me, that's like the worst thing to have to write about is an unfunny comedy week to week. Okay, so you guys saw what happened when I had to review Fruit of Revolution. There's you only so many ways. Yeah, there's only so many ways to say that a joke isn't funny and they keep doing the same joke and it yeah. continues to not be funny. You can't. Yeah, forever. So... Yeah, that's, I think that'll about do it for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back to probably talk more about Spy Family as a whole, get you guys the latest, latest news and anything else we think you need to know about. Uh, once again, remember to subscribe to us here on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. That way you get alerts so you know to be here at 6 p.m. 
Pacific 9 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, or check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Those go up on Tuesday. I'd like to thank James again for being here, and we will, we will catch you next week. Bye. Thanks.